0: Hey, how's it going? It's Jared here. Hey, it's been a couple of weeks since we've met together, and it's been what seems like a long time since we've just kind of sat down and read through God's Word and talked about it together and been able to kind of learn together, and a lot's happened uh, since that time. And I've been uh, learning and listening and praying uh, through this season, um, a lot of uh, racial unrest and different things going on in our culture. Um, and a lot of people are wondering, what is the church? What does our leadership have to say about what's going on? And I just wanted to give you really what were my thoughts and um, what I see in the Bible and what's going on in culture and how believers can be uh, not just silent in the background or not just a part of what's going on, but a bridge from what's happening in culture to what God intended to happen um, through his, his kingdom, through what he has believers doing on earth because I'll be honest, um, this week, the last maybe 10 days, have been trying to, trying to figure out what narrative is true, what one is being uh, misrepresented, and what one is you know people's genuine pain. And uh, it's been hard to wade through. It's been confusing, but I've been learning, and I've been kind of picking some things up. Um, let me just say, first of all, that, that racism is against the heart of God. Um, What you see early on in Genesis is that when he creates, he creates in a way that he's making things and making things, and then he says it's good after all of them. But once he creates man, he says it's very good. Um, We read through the Jesus Storybook Bible with my boys every night, and I'll be honest, sometimes they don't pay attention, and it's just me and my wife reading it. Um, But my wife was like, man, I just remember reading through the section on creation, and when he creates man, when God creates man, he, he creates him, and it's it's very good, but he creates him in the image of God. He creates him in a different way than he created anything else, and it's the same way that a father would create a child. They, they bear his resemblance, they bear his traits, they bear his image, and the idea of racism is that someone is less than because of something that they can't help, because of something of the color of their skin, or some other feature, where they're from, their family, their lineage. And to think about that in the way that God would view it is to say that you are belittling or demeaning or harming a direct descendant of Adam, someone that God created, that God made in his own image and saying, you're not good. You're not good enough. I'm going to treat you differently. And as a father, I can only imagine how that would break my heart if I knew that someone treated my son that way and how much that would break God's heart, that if he knew in any way that we view something or someone much less than what he intended it to be, that in this season I've had to backtrack and go, okay, what, what are my prejudices? What are my thoughts? What are the things that I can rationalize and go say, okay, that I think that way, because I've seen it. I think that way because I've watched a movie no i I want to view people in the same lens that God views people, and the first thing that I feel like God opened my eyes up to is that He created us in His image, and that racism is against the heart of god and if you've been been had prejudice against you, I just want you to know that God is near to the brokenhearted. Reading through the Psalms when David is brokenhearted, there's no question, God's right there. His presence is close. That God has a broken heart for the people that are not being represented well. And let me just say that 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 is God's heart for you. That's God's love for you in being near to you in this season where you don't feel represented. You don't feel like you've been shown, like, like you just aren't seen and you feel oppressed. God sees you, He hears you. He understands the things that you've gone through in Hebrews. It talks about how we don't have a God who doesn't understand what we're going through. We have a God who suffered just like we will, but died on a cross so that we could have life. So I have a couple of things um, how believers, I believe, should respond to injustice, and some of these things are a little bit um. They make sense that you're going to add up. But a lot of these things are like, even when you don't see it, I mean, we're in Springfield, Missouri. Um, it's not the most culturally diverse place, but it is culturally diverse in some ways that a lot of our people are saying, I, I don't know that I can fully understand it. So how do we have empathy for, how do we love justice whenever we don't understand it? And, and some of these things I think are going to help open our eyes to this. The first one is just to pray, is just to pray. Um, I think through prayer, um, we're telling God, God, I don't know and you do. Um, In prayer, you're coming to God and you're saying, God, you're the creator of heaven and of earth. You created people, you created time, you created this earth. God, you understand and I don't. Will you bring me to your level of understanding? Will you bring me to see people the way that you see people so that I can empathize in a way that doesn't make sense to me? so that I can just have a broken heart for the things that you have a broken heart for. That prayer does that. It brings us to a place where we see things maybe through a little bit of a different lens. And two, I think we pray because sometimes I can get, uh, if you're a a person who feels uh, for people, if you're very soft-hearted and you see brokenness and you, you feel it too. You know, you see somebody who's sad and you immediately become sad. You're a little bit of a feelings reflector. I can be that way a little bit. Um, you probably are taking a lot of things on, and you don't understand it, and you're just you're just heavy hearted. Can I just tell you that that God is is near to the broken hearted. He understands what you're going through. But I don't believe that God is sitting in heaven and is wringing his hands and saying, "How does this end up? What happens?" In Isaiah, we read that God sits above the ring of the earth, and He breathes and nations rise and fall and rulers will raise and lower, that God knows what's going on. And more than he is just setting us up for some kind of political movement or for even a a racial or social awareness, God's primary concern is his kingdom. God's primary concern is that people would see that things are broken and messed up and not as he intended to be. And he is looking at the earth saying, hey, there is one thing. There is one person that will bring full reconciliation to every kind of brokenness and sin. And it's not a political party. It's not a movement. It's Jesus. The only person that can uplift both sides of this thing and say, hey, I will forgive you you've done wrong, I'll forgive you. You've messed up, I have a place for you. I'll redeem you, is Jesus. That I'll be honest, there, there are times that I go, man, if this type of government would just be in place, everything would be a little bit better. And I can, I can try to get on that aisle, but I think that we have to understand that our enemy is a deceiver. And he wants us to buy into something that may not be true. Now, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Be a great citizen, be a great friend, do all the things that the Bible says to do, but don't buy into the lie That Jesus will come back when a certain political party is in power. That all of the boxes will be checked for our social awareness, for everything that we want to happen whenever a certain political system is moved in. No. If you read to the end of this book, you read through Revelation and you see how craziness happens, but Jesus comes back. And he's the only thing that will make things right again. And if we as Christians are putting our hope into anything else, We're missing the point. That doesn't mean you can't empathize. Empathize with people. Feel deeply. Do what you need to do. Do what's right. But also keep your mind in the right spot to understand Jesus is the answer. Everybody has a past. Everybody has a history. We can throw mud at anyone in this situation. And I'm not saying we shouldn't hold people accountable. What I'm saying is that we're all broken. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we're all held to a standard, we've all failed it, even if it's just your own personal standard. But we have a God who will reconcile. I've heard a couple people say through this that to be reconciled is to be brought back to a place of of no debt, of of goodness again, right? If I have a debt, I reconcile that debt and I pay that debt off. So the the idea of racial reconciliation, they're like, hey, I have these issues with it because I don't know that, that African Americans with black people in the States have ever been at a a zero sum, they've always been, behind. I don't know that I disagree, I think that's probably correct, but there's probably one person that can, in good faith, say, I will reconcile things to where they were meant to be, and that is life together with Christ. That's what reconciliation is all about, is being with God, being with your creator, being with God in the way that he intended things to be. So the first thing that we do so that our minds stay in the right spot is we pray. We pray, we seek truth in, at his word. The second thing we do is we listen. Proverbs 18, 13 says that if, if someone gives an answer before he hears, it's his folly and his shame. I think one of, the, one of the tendencies to do during this season, and I say one of the tendencies because I've done it, is that we hear a phrase or we hear something on the news and I want to give my opinion at it right away. I want the people around me to know that I'm smart and I'm opinionated and I know what the answers are, but I'm showing my folly. I'm showing my shame right away. Now we just need to be listeners. We need to be really good listeners. I think what you see in the gospels, when Jesus talks to someone, whether it's the rich young ruler or the the, the woman at the well, Samaritan woman at the well or Zacchaeus, Jesus asks really good questions. Um, one, what you see there is that Jesus meets with people that are all across different races, that uh, Zacchaeus was a person that was a member of his culture, but had gone to the Roman side and his allegiance was with them. The Samaritan woman at the well was an enemy of his people, of Jews. And you you just see him interact with so many different types of people and he interacts with the same way that says, hey, it's Jesus that's most important. It's God that is going to help define your entire life. But he does a really good job of asking them really pointed questions. And um, I heard something from a pastor named Todd Wagner at Watermark Church in Dallas that he, he said, hey, when you hear something from someone, ask another question so that you, grant, you gain deeper understanding. So if you hear someone that says something and they say, hey, Black Lives Matter, instead of saying your opinions on everything that that phrase is, say, explain to me why, why you believe that. And what you're going to get from that is you're going to get a deeper understanding of why that person is saying that and why they have that, that reason in their heart. They're going to have an experience. They're going to have a, a friend. They're going to have a situation that happened in their lives that you're going to hear and you're going to be able to empathize with and say, man, I'm sorry that happened to you. Wow, I, I had no idea that was happening in my backyard. Man, that's incredible. How did you get out? It, it becomes a, a bridge to hearing their story and to showing them, man, I'm so sorry. That's That's awful showing them the love of Jesus just by listening, that we don't have if we just take it as, hey, you said a statement that I can poke some holes in. No, let me take that statement and say, no, why do you say that? All lives matter, why do you say that? Black lives matter, why do you say that? I wanna be known as a people, whether it's just me or high street young adults or high street as a whole or the church as a whole, I wanna be known as a people who does not just slam their fist into the table and say, this is but we say, hey, this is the truth, but I want to hear what you have to say so I can know how to apply this to you. I want to know what verses. I want to know how I can tell you about my Jesus because he's so good. And if we really will listen to someone's pain, we'll know how to point them to Jesus. I want to encourage you to be a good listener in this season. Hear people well. Uh, The next thing is to just let your heart be broken. I think it's really easy. uh, And again, I'm speaking from my own uh, experience to rationalize everything and say, well, that happened because, or, but, or, and add some type of prepositional phrase or clause that says like, that happened, but we we don't know all the details. Hey, let's just let our hearts be broken by things that are wrong. Let's not try to be people that disqualify other people's pain because, well, you deserved it, man. Jesus, with the woman at the well, didn't say, "You made a lot of bad mistakes. You've had five husbands. Let's talk about that for a minute. So you've got some issues with relationship? No. He just said, "Hey, what you need is the living water. Can we be that type of person? Can we be the type of person that says, "Wow, you've been married four times, that's hard." I'm sorry. Even when you don't understand it, even when you grew up in a different culture to say, "Hey, tell me what happened?" Wow, I'm so sorry." And let your heart be broken. Let your heart be broken for someone like George Floyd who died or my friend who posted on Facebook that said that he just got made fun of because he had a different shaped nose and different hair than everybody else. That's injustice. That's wrong, regardless of the spectrum that it's on. Let your heart be broken. Say, man, I'm so sorry. I wish that didn't happen to you. In the kingdom of God, that won't happen again. In heaven, in Jesus' presence, none of that's going to matter because we're going to be focused on Christ. That he created all of us so that, and again, if you read Revelation, what you're going to see is that there are people with all tongues, all nations represented, glorifying, praising God. So we better learn to appreciate some of the differences that we have now. But we better, I think, let our hearts be broken for the things that break God's heart. Hear people, let your heart be broken, pray, listen. The fourth thing is do what you can. Do everything you can. You have friends? Speak into their lives. Speak truth. Have candid conversations. Repent where you have done wrong. And this might be one of the hardest things that you have to do, but I think it's going to be one of the things that can open up a conversation better than anything else could have. Why? Because our culture right now wants to point at everyone and say, well, you did this, you're a racist. You did this. You're." What if we were the ones who said, hey, I did something wrong. But God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he's loved us, set me up with him so that I could have a relationship with God again, made me alive together with God. Man, if it's up to me, I'm going to be broken. If it's up to me, I'm going to say things that are foolish. I'm going to do things that are dumb. I'm going to align myself with something that doesn't matter. But I want to do something that matters. I want to do something that has not just a a, a day, a week, a month, a year. I want to do something that has generations and eternities value in it. How can you have conversations with the people around you? How can you get out and vote? Be the best citizen that you can. Have conversations, listen, help, empathize with the people that are around you. Do what you can, wherever God's put you, do what you can. The last thing that I have is just turn to Jesus. I already kind of mentioned it, but we repent. We need to be people that have a well-worn path to the foot of the cross. That If you've said or done something in the past, man, confess that sin. There's freedom at the foot of the cross, that James 5.16 says that we have freedom when we confess sin to one another. You wanna hear a great story? Go ask someone of something they repented of. Man, I used to be this way. I used to have this issue. Man, I just kept repenting of it. I think the more we throw something out into the light, the more Satan's gonna go, man, if I keep bringing that in, the more he's gonna throw it out into the light, the more trouble I'm gonna be in. Let's disarm Satan. Let's repent. Let's keep running to Jesus as fast as we can. Why? Because he is the only, the only answer. That I want to be careful how I align myself. I want to be careful how I post things on Facebook. And I think that we do need to speak out. We need to say what we what we need to. But more than that, I want to bury myself in the word of God and understand where his heart is and where his mind is, where he wants my soul to rest, to understand that there is something greater than just a quote. There's something greater than a blog article that he's written what we need to hear that he values all people, that Jesus shows no partiality and start to understand that if there are things in my life that rub against what I see in the Bible, that those are things that I need to start doing some heart work with God and say, God, why is it that I see some partiality? Why is it that I see this issue? Why is it that I see these people being treated differently and it doesn't bother me? Can, can, can you help me, God? If we're consistently turning to Jesus in this, we're going to start to have better responses to people. We're going to start to feel, we're going to start to know how our brothers and sisters in Christ and across the world are dealing with things, not because you've been through it, but because you know the heart of God because you've turned to him on a consistent basis. Um, I'll end this way by saying that, that um, th- this is such a tough thing. And if this has been something that you've been going through, let me say that I just, I want to empathize with you. I want to acknowledge pain and I want to acknowledge that bad things have happened for a long time. And that people have stayed silent. But if we can do anything, we know that what I bring to the situation, what we all bring to the situation in our flesh and just what we naturally do is pain and brokenness. And that's what we've seen for generations and generations. But it's incredible to see how Jesus can start to infect people. That Jesus can be such a light and a dark place when it doesn't make any sense, when people are far from God, when people are angry, when people are confused, when people are oppressed. And he brings freedom. He brings liberation like no other person or thing or system can. That if you're listening to this and you made it all the way to the end, I would say the only thing that I would like you to know out of this is that Jesus is the only person that can liberate you. He's the only person that I look to for hope. And I pray that you would do the same. Hey, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.